everybody. This is Chris Posty Posterson, and I am back with another super deluxe special edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. Tonight's special edition episode is actually a special special edition episode because uh, last month Scoots helped me to kick off a fundraiser for a local women's center here in Nova Scotia, Canada, where I live. Um, and that fundraiser had me making sleep music for every $100 you raised to donate toward the center. Um, it was a huge success. A lot of you helped to support that fundraiser, so I want to take an opportunity here to say thanks so much if you were able to do that. If you weren't, no worries. Your support uh, for the show is always very much appreciated anyway. Um, again, it was a huge success, and we made a bunch of sleep music. Uh, much like we do here on these special edition, super deluxe special edition episodes. Uh, so as a way to say thank you to those of you who are able to support, or just as a way to kind of celebrate that being a success, uh, tonight's super deluxe special edition episode uses music that was partially born out of the fundraiser. Uh, I took a song that was created for it, and I slowed it down even more, and I tried to make it even sleepier. And I, of course, added Scoot's wonderful dulcets. And uh, hopefully it helps you get some sleep. So thanks one more time uh, for your ongoing support, guys. I can't say how much it means. And hopefully this helps you get some much-deserved rest. All right. Here we go. Good night. I don't know if this will become a regular thing or just an occasional thing, but uh, I got some intro when I was talking about the states of matter, and uh, I didn't realize that would be a good title. I already have a title for this one, but uh, uh, like, are, are the states of matter united? I guess now I shouldn't be asking these questions, because uh, it was my curiosity and that is oh so cute veil of ignorance I like to wear when I'm roaming around town. And when I say around town, I mean in the thoughts of my brain, uh, where it came up it was like uh, wondering about the state's matter. And I heard from three different listeners about this, like uh, really in, like uh, interesting stuff. So I said, huh, this could be a good little episode. And so I said, well, how's this gonna, how's this gonna work? And I said, well, let's do a show called Matter Matters. Uh, and then actually I heard from a host and they said, well, you know, we actually already have a show called Matter Matters. And I said, well, geez, where's the show, where, where's your show? I never, I haven't heard, they said, oh, it's in your subconscious. It was, was in your subconscious. Uh, so this is good, you're acknowledging us because we're ready to bring it to, to prime time. And I said, oh boy. Uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce the host of uh, Matter Matters. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. Well, thanks, Scoots. It's Morty Matters here. And uh, yeah, thank, thanks, thanks, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Matter Matters, uh, the show where matter matters. And if 
you've been a fan of Matter Matters for a long time, you know we're not a counterpoint, point, counterpoint show. We're not a show about proving people wrong or proving people right. And we're not a show about uh, changing things. We're a show about changing matter and why the states of matter matter. And that's what we've been dedicated to a show. It's a show about matter, on matter, informed by matter, for lovers of matter. And things interesting to matter matterers. So welcome to another episode of Matter Matters. This is our first uh, big episode, and we're going to consider it, you know, even though we've been broadcasting Matter Matters also ever since uh, a certain person was in kindergarten, it turned out that our antenna that we were broadcasting from was uh, disabled, and uh, it was disabled because someone wasn't listening to our broadcasts. It was, the signal was bouncing off of what we believe uh, or the person believes this goop, which is not a form of matter, by the way. While we here at uh, Matter Matters uh, do appreciate uh, funny matter jokes, uh, we brought on uh, Drew Ackerman as our guest, and we, we said, well, if matter matters so much, uh, informing someone about matter matters even more, because matter matters here at Matter Matters. Uh, excuse me, thanks, thanks for having me on. I know you're in the middle of my intro, but you know, I, I'm kind of like a, like a, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm an expert at being repetitive, but I think that may have been uh, one too many matter matters. Uh, oh, we didn't realize that. It does, actually does matter. Uh, but maybe because we did it four more times, it, it, it brings us back to zero. But thanks so much for having me on. Hey, go ahead and finish out my intro. Or I could, I, I know I didn't fill out my bio, but uh, yeah, I was Brainbot Entertainer of the Year 2017 and maybe 16. And yeah, I write a newsletter, uh, Podcast Intro News, uh, which is kind of like Matter Matters. It's uh, podcast intros uh, and things kind of like podcast, but just podcast intros. And it's a newsletter and it's, uh, it's an internal newsletter, though. Well, that's good because this is an internal uh, broadcast of a show. Well, actually, it's not. I don't mean to put you on the spot, Morty, Mortimer, Morty, uh, but uh, this is going out as a podcast episode, but it doesn't matter. What does? I didn't even do that one on purpose. I could see you rolling your eyes, Mortimer. But I'm really excited to learn more about matter because I, I do find it fascinating. And I do have a lot of experience with matter, even though my knowledge of matter may be limited. And I think by maybe you interviewing me, I can't remember which kind of learner I am, auditory or, uh, I think they said I'm a manual learner. Like, I think that's what my teachers used to say. They said, well, you're not an auditory or a visual learner. You're manual, it's manual labor with you. So I think I'm a, is, is that a kind of learner, manual learner? Well, we're, we're excited to, to, to have you on, Drew, and to really get to know you, and so you can get to know Matter better. So we reached out to some of your audience, or they reached out to you, or to us, uh, depending on you know where you want to be in the uh, internal personality spectrum. Uh, so why don't we start there? Why don't we show we, we get this off? We don't have a theme song, and we we don't really have anything, but. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's uh, sit down and let's talk matter because it does matter. Andrew, we heard from Amber who said uh, 
as a trained physicist, uh, I may be able to help with the plasma thing. Smiley emoji. Uh, solid is where atoms have low enough energy that they hang out in a rigid, rigid lattice where they, if they don't have to move much. Uh, if they get warmer, more energy, uh, the atoms will stay together but move around overall as a liquid. Uh, more energy, uh, hotter, and they will bounce around freely as a gas, uh, atoms bouncing around. And it could definitely uh, squeeze a fish uh, reference in there, scoots if you want. Uh, even more energy in the electrons and the nuclei of the atoms will not even be connected anymore. And will bounce around like a gas, but all separate. And that's why it's the fourth state of matter. There's no relation uh, to the fourth state of matter, though, and uh, plasma goop and sci-fi. Uh, so that came in from Amber. So Scooter, could, could, would you like to figure out if you realize any of that? Like, did that help you at all? Well, thanks, uh, Mortimer. Um, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk it out. I like the idea. Uh, so a solid is where uh, like atoms have low energy and they hang out like almost in a rigid lattice. Is a rigid lattice uh, anything like an Afghan, like uh, like maybe someone created, like my mom? Well, Scooter, I believe uh, if, you're, if it was pulled taut, T-A-U-T, I think uh, that would be a rigid lattice. Uh, so I guess if you like, if you got it, like here's it. But here's the thing: is this too much of a stretch? What if we took it? Like, what if we went uh, to somewhere where it's winter now, and we took an Afghan and we dipped it in water, then we brought it outside at night and laid it out uh, flat uh, overnight, and then in the morning, as long you know, if the temperature was freezing. And we went outside and got the Afghan. Uh, what would you think about would that would that be interesting? Okay, Scooter, what a uh, metaphor are you trying to draw? Well, that would be a rigid rigid lattice, uh, so it'd save us from having to pull it taut. And also, I guess it would be a trick because it would be it would be solid because uh, of the Afghan, and then it would have the water solidified. So then it would be solid water. I guess I'm just trying to, I guess I'm reaching a little bit, but, uh, uh, so I guess I'm picturing an Afghan, a solid, a frozen Afghan, we wouldn't have to pull taut, so that would be like a rigid lattice, or I guess I could just imagine a lattice work, um, that people put up to hang, like, uh, vines from, and both those are solid, right, Scooter? Yeah, I guess so. I guess if they were atoms, though, would they have, like, some sort of, like, instead of being interconnected in a lattice, are they, they're just slowly moving so slowly uh, that they would be like a lattice, but there would be, like, some sort of uh, invisible bonds between them? You know, Scooter, we're just, we're just TV broadcasters that care about matter, so I'm not sure if I can answer that question. Yeah, but that does bring up an interesting question. And I guess one other thing about the image of a lattice, whether it's made of wood or plastic or tin or a frozen afghan, is if, if leaves fall on it, they're, they're probably not going to go through. Uh, so that would be kind of like a solid, like a, 
I'm just trying to figure figure out uh, if I totally understand it. I think you had it there, Scooter. I guess like a bit like, yeah, if you were, uh, let's take, uh, Scooter, I think we, you may be onto something with this frozen Afghan. So the frozen Afghan, let's say it's 7 a.m. now, and you're standing it up, and the atoms are moving so slowly because they're frozen into a solid. And technically, Scooter, you could get into your existential analysis of the Afghan also being solid. Uh, but let's just use it as a metaphor for now. So the atoms are moving very slowly because there's not a lot of energy there. But if they get warmer uh, and more energy uh, and the, the atoms start to move around, uh, they will slowly become a, a liquid scooter. So about 10, 11, 11 a.m., uh, slowly that afghan's going to go from rigid to dripping. Now it's going to be a soppy mess, uh, and the liquid's going to be, uh, we can either squeeze it out or it could drip out, or it could just kind of, we could just leave it in the driveway and forget about it until garbage day. But it, if it was for my mom, I couldn't do that. Well, here's what you could do, Scooter, because it, it, I just got the, the weather in uh, from Steve Paulson, and he just said uh, to hang it up on a laundry line temperature is going to quickly, quickly change. Oh, I can feel it. Thanks, uh, Mortimer. Uh, thanks, Steve Paulson. Uh, good morning. Uh, uh, tell Sal I saw, him the, I saw him the other day in a pizza place. I didn't say what's up, but uh, I know a lot of other people did. And also, my my listeners love when Mark DeMaio was talking to those, uh, the bird put, put, put its head in the, uh, in the middle of the weather. People thought that was great. Okay, Scooter, by the way, we're doing, like, uh, so the a heat wave is coming, Scooter, by noon and 1 p.m., uh, especially over this asphalt that the laundry line is hanging. Uh, things are going to be... So can you hang that afghan up? Oof, I don't know, though, because it's kind of... Um, it's very stoppy and warm now. It can, uh, when I touch it, you know what I mean? I know it was just there. It was just frozen. You know, I'm just kidding, Mortimer. I'm hanging it up right now, and I'm noticing something emanating from it. It's no longer dripping. Well, Scooter, that's because of the temperature, which is also energy. The heat is uh, really causing those uh, H2O thingamajibs. You just cracked me up, Mortimer. You, you really are in my brain. Uh, uh, but you've got a tough job. Yes, Scooter. Uh, but the, the, the electrons in the nuclei of the atoms uh, are really bouncing around now. Uh, or just the atoms, I think, Scooter. I'm ahead of myself because you were uh, laughing at me and with me. And it's turning into a gas. The water is turning gaseous, Scooter. You know it is, and it's interesting. And, and I guess it's returning. Like, how long will it take till this water rains down on somebody? Here's a, here's a question, real quick question, Mortimer. Just uh, back of the pencil math, or back of the envelope math, uh, I was like thinking of this for another story, and I was thinking about it from all the cartoons I watched, and even some video games I've played. And there's a whole idea of weather machines and rain machines and seeding clouds. What if, uh, what if we like got a ton of Afghans wet, like a whole city wet, got wet Afghans, and 
one per person or more and hung them up in the backyard at the same time on a warm day, would, would, it, would that cause it to rain? Okay, okay, Scooter, I'm consulting my, uh, and they said on a cartoon it would. Actually, if it was a cartoon plot, uh, that would be a solution, or to a story you're writing, uh, that would be in character. Uh, scientifically, though, Scooter, you'd have to ask uh, Hank Green or somebody else that knows uh, uh, something about facts. Okay, well, it's an interesting question to ask. I mean, I don't know if the world has that many Afghans. Is it also, is that what they're called? That's what my mom called it. Uh, uh, but I think it's kind of like, it's a lattice blanket. Uh, I don't think that's a good name for it, because you say, ooh, I can't wait to get wrapped up in that uh, lattice blanket. Um, but, but yeah, so, okay, so, uh, okay, so it's drying off, or technically it's becoming a, a different solid. But wait a second, something strange is happening with this Afghan. Uh, Mortimer, can you tell me, can you explain to me what is happening? Well, Scooter, you're in for a rare thing because there just happens to be some sort of uh, something concentrating the energy of the sun in a strange, unexplainable way that is causing even more energy to land on that Afghan. And the electrons and the nuclei of the atoms have not, none of them are connected anymore. And right before your eyes, that Afghan is becoming a plasma, 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 plasma Afghan because all the electrons and nuclei of the atoms are separating. Okay, um, that's interesting. Who, who's going to tell mom about that one? Uh, because uh, I think she's going to she's going to wonder if she comes to visit. Like, uh, where's that red, white, and blue Afghan? Should I just tell her it became a plasma because of some strange experiment we were doing? You know, within, how's it, how about this one, uh, Mortimer? I mean, since you may be one of those silent observers until we came up with this TV show, or radio program, whatever you want to call it, I, I saw your facial expression there. How come with me, like you'd say, with most people really can't have a thought experiment go terribly wrong, but with me, like, a uh, Sorry, Mom, your Afghan was lost in a thought experiment, and it, uh, it became a plasma, and I don't know what happened after that, but uh, I, I may have inhaled. What, what would happen if I inhaled a plasma to, uh, Afghan? And what if I sneezed it out when my mom was visiting? Okay, Mortimer, why don't we go on to the next segment, because I can see I have you stumped. Well, thanks, Scooter. This one's a little bit of a transition segment. It comes in from Jeannie who said, uh, I just nodded off when you said the word sublimation. And uh, Jeannie said they put uh, photos on uh, items that have a polymer coating. And that that process is called sublimation. And uh, that it's a very cool process. Uh, that is cool. And um, so that's taking a solid and turning it into a gas with a photo. Uh, like I, I, I guess uh, that's interesting. We're going to have to learn more about that because it doesn't seem like you know any more about it, Mortimer. No, Scooter, that was just a little transitory fact uh, that you weren't supposed to ask too many questions about. It. Just appreciate. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just, I just always find myself curious. But oh boy, do we have a lot to be fun stuff to be curious about next, right, uh, Mortimer? Scooter, let me try one thing. What? Well, 
sure I think you're onto something, uh, but I, I, I can't uh, I can't get any deeper than that. And the deposition is interesting because I don't know if that is the original usage of that word, since it's a, also a legal term. Uh, in my case, it's like turning the hot air from my mouth into solid problems, uh, turning a gas directly into a solid. Uh, a deposition. Yeah, Scooter, it, uh, it, that's a nice word, and uh, you learn something new every day. Well, now it's time to really go deep, because the next thing Steven talks about is non-Newtonian fluid. A subtype of liquid, a Scooter incorrectly attributed its properties to plasma. This is a catch-all for all oddly behaving fluids, uh, such as Goyuck or your elephant glue but they are still technically liquids. Well, I'd like to learn more about that. Well, let's head over to Wikipedia and let's uh, find out more then. And Scooter, I think this is probably going to be, this may be your favorite moment of the podcast of all time, is going through this Wikipedia article. Well, I can't wait to try to paraphrase it uh, and quote it directly straight from wikipedia.org. Who I support, uh, a uh, non-Newtonian fluid is a fluid that does not follow Newton's laws of viscosity. Most commonly, the viscosity, the measure of a fluid's ability to resist a gradual deformation by shear or tensile stresses of non-Newtonian fluids is dependent on the shear rate or shear rate history. Some non-Newtonian fluids with shear independent viscosity, however, still exhibit normal stress differences or other non-Newtonian behavior. Uh, here's where it gets even better for you, Scooter. Uh, many salt solutions and molten polymers are non-Newtonian fluids. Uh, and there's many, uh, kind of, these are a lot of things you've put in your mouth before, Scooter, even uh, ones that you should. Are commonly found to substances such as ketchup, custard, toothpaste, starch suspensions, honey, uh, paint, frog saliva, and shampoo. Okay, tell me more. Uh, in a Newtonian fluid, the relation between shear stress and shear rate is linear. Passing through the origin, the constant of proportionality being the coefficient of viscosity. In a non-Newtonian fluid, the relation between shear stress and shear rate is different. Uh, the fluid can even exhibit time-dependent viscosity. Therefore, a constant coefficient of viscosity cannot be defined. Okay, I'll be honest, I'm not sure I totally understand. Can we uh, dig deeper? Uh, Sure we can, Scooter. Uh, Some comparisons here on Wikipedia. Uh, Comparisons of non-Newtonian, Newtonian, and viscoelastic properties. Uh, So viscoelastic... uh, Kelvin material, Maxwell material. There's a parallel linear combination of elastic and viscous effects, which would be some lubricants, whipped cream, and silly putty. Okay, so there's viscoelastic. Viscoelastic. What about time-dependent viscosity? Well, Scooter, there's rayopecti which is apparent viscosity, which increases with the duration of stress, uh, uh, which could be Brenner ink or gypsum paste. And then there's a thick so, oh, 
Tropic, uh, Sixotropic. Can you spell that for anybody who plays, uh, uh, um, what's that game, Words with Friends or uh, Scrabble? Because it seems like a great word. Uh, sure, Scooter. Thixotropic, uh, T-H-I-X-O-T-R-O-P-I-C, Thixotropic. Uh, can you use it in a sentence? I may be able to in a second, Scooter. Apparent viscosity of thixotropic material decreases with the duration of stress. Thixotropic. And do you have any examples of thixotropic materials that I've had? Yogurt, uh, peanut butter, xanthan gum solutions, uh, aqueous uh, iron oxide gels, gel gels, pectin gels, uh, hydrogenated hydronated castor oil, some clays, uh, molten tire rubber, uh, many paints, uh, flock suspensions, and colloidal suspensions. You love that when it says colloidal on truck scooter. I do, especially when it has molten on there, too. Okay, scooter, let's move on to non-Newtonian viscosity. Uh, there's shear thinning or pseudoplastic, uh, which apparent viscosity decreases with increased stress. Oh, that's interesting. So that's different than uh, the time-dependent ones. Uh, that have to do with the duration of stress. This has to do with the uh, increase, the level of stress. Uh, what's one of those? Uh, suspension of cornstarch and water would be one scooter. Oh yeah, we use that all the time. But that was a uh, sheer thickening, not pseudoplastic. That was a dilatante, something. Oh, you're right, Scooter. Uh, that uh, sheer thing also viscosity decreases with increased stress. Uh, but that would be things like nail polish, whipped cream, ketchup, molasses, syrups, paper pulp, and water, lex, latex paint. Uh, ice, uh, some silicone, silicone oils, uh, some silicone coatings, and sand and water. Oh yeah, sheer, sheer thinning, that's a big deal. And, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, generalized Newtonian fluids. Uh, viscosity is constant, Scooter. Stress depends on normal shear strain rates and the pressure applied on it. Uh, and that would be custard and water. Okay, can we talk a little bit more about some of these? Sure, Scooter, let's talk about shear thickening fluid. Or a dilantant, a dilatant fluid, Scooter. Appears to increase when the shear rate increases. Cornstarch dissolves in water is a common example. When stirred slowly, it looks milky. When stirred vigorously, it looks like a viscous liquid. Oh yeah, and you always want to stir it before. That makes sense, because you want to stir it before you add it to the sauce. Uh, I would have never known that. That's very interesting. Thanks, Newton. And then there's sheer thinning fluid, which is the opposite. Uh, the pseudoplastic fluid is a, like a wall paint. Uh, it should flow readily off the brush when it's being applied to a surface, but not drip excessively. Okay, I don't know if I quite understand that. Uh, so it should flow like a fluid, but not drip. Uh, okay, so it should be thin, but not watery. Okay, I think I almost get that one. What about Bingham plastic? Uh, those are fluids that have a linear shear stress, shear strain relationship, uh, and require a finite yield stress before they begin to flow. 
Rio Pectic or anti thixotropic, T H I X O T R O P I C. And you can also use anti uh, dash. I don't know if you can use dashes in. Because I, I have dyslexia, so I can't play words with friends or scrabble. But I can help you score more points. Uh, anti thixotropic. Uh, uh, these are also fluids whose strain rate is a function of time. Fluids require a gradually increasing shear stress to maintain a constant strain rate. Uh, that's rheopectic. Uh, an opposite case of this fluid is one that thins out with time and requires a decreasing stress uh, to maintain a constant rate. And uh, here's some examples. Uh, I don't know from what. Uh, soap solutions, cosmetic toothpaste. Uh, what about taffy? What about oblek? Oblek? Oblek D? Oblek Da? Is an example of a non-Newtonian fluid, a suspension of starch and water, or magic mud, which is a one part water to 1.5 to two parts cornstarch. Uh, the name oblek is actually from the Dr. Seuss book, uh, Bartholomew and the Oblek. I think people do it, uh, there's a picture of it on the speaker, so it's also used in demonstrations that exhibit its unusual behavior. A person may walk in a large tub of oblek without sinking, or oblek. Yeah, I have an oblong brain, so maybe that's missing and stuff. Uh, without sinking due to its sheer thickening properties, as long as a person moves quickly enough to provide enough of force with each step to cause the thickening. Also, if it's placed in a large subwoofer driven at a sufficiently high volume, it will think and form standing waves in response to low-frequently sound waves from the speaker. If a person were to push on a heart on a oblique, it would thicken and act as a solid. After the push, though, it would go back to its thin, liquid-like state. Cool, I've encountered mud like that before. Scooter, what about flubber? Well, that, that's imaginary, uh, uh, Mortimer. Wall flubber is also a non-Newtonian fluid made from uh, uh, different glues in borax. Wait, you can make uh, flubber from borax and glue? You gotta get some more borax. I was just at the uh, Paramount, uh, and they had borax in the bathrooms there. Well, that's a great scooter, and the combination of the fluid-like and solid-like power, power properties make it a Maxwell fluid. And it's a, it can be called viscoplastic or gelatinous. You know what's another one, scooter? is a chilled caramel topping. Uh, so long as it uh, incorporates hydrocolloids like uh, carginin, carginin, and gallon gum. Uh, the sudden application of force, uh, or the rapidly inverting of the container, causes it to behave like a solid. That is the sheer thickening property of this non-Newtonian fluid. More gentle treatment, such as slowly inserting a spoon, will leave it in its liquid state. Uh, silly Putty is a silicone polymer-based suspension which will flow, bounce, or break, depending on the strain rate. And there's other ones, Scooter, but we should probably move on. You're right, we should move on, because there's more learning yet to do. But I thought I was the one learning. Well, yeah, but we're working as a team. Yeah, we're working as a team because I've learned already that matter really does matter.
and yet you encounter it in tons of places in your uh, life. Uh, so uh, let's see, where are we going? Stephen says, uh, you know, states of matter, solid, liquid, and gas, and plasma. Uh, matter heated to the point that not even atoms can hold themselves together, just like uh, we had talked about previously. All molecular bonds break, and the atoms begin shedding charged particles. Uh, this gives plasma an electrical field, which uh, uh, causes it drastically different properties to normal gases. So, Scooter, you might have almost been right when you were talking about that uh, circular uh, Tesla globe. Yeah, what, is, uh, what does Wikipedia have to say, like, for examples? Uh, well, Scooter, let's talk about the history first, because it comes from the ancient Greek, meaning moldable substance or jelly. Very simply, the nuclei are suspended in a movable sea of electrons. And it was first identified in a Crookes tube, as described by Sir William Crookes in 1879. He called it radiant matter. Uh, the nature of this cathode ray matter was subsequently identified by British physicist, physicist, physicist uh, Sir J.J. Thompson in 1897. The term plasma was coined by Irving Langmuir in uh, 1928. And as we said, and as has been said, uh, like uh, plasma is a state of matter in which ionized gaseous substance becomes highly electrical, electrically conductive to the point that long-range electrical and magnetic fields dominate the behavior of the matter. Uh, plasma does not naturally, Scooter, this is important, it doesn't naturally exist on the Earth's surface under normal conditions. Uh, and must be artificially gener generated from neutral gases. Uh, cool. Uh, what other, do we have any other examples? Uh, Scooter, this is pretty uh, dense. Uh, uh, but we do have a couple lists here that you might be able to use here. Uh, common plasmas include... Uh, Artificially ones, and terrestrial ones, in space, and astrophysical plasmas. Okay, can we start with space then? Sure, Scooter. Stars are plasmas heated by nuclear fusion, uh, the solar wind, uh, the interplanetary medium, the space between planets, the interstellar medium, the space between star systems, uh, the intergalactic medium, space between galaxies, uh, the Io Jupiter flux tube, accretion disks, and uh, interstellar interstellar nebula. I'd like to, 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 to Mortimer. What do you think about calling me the uh, intergalactic medium, Scooter? I would rate you as a medium in, in a lot of things, but uh, intergalactic. You're intergalactically medium. Okay, I wasn't talking about rating. I was talking more about uh, like a nickname. Or like uh, uh, matter matters uh, where nothing is intergalactically medium. Scooter, why don't you think about that? But uh, I, I'm not sure what would an intergalactic medium do. Like it's like I share uh, like traits. Like I have a plasma brain. So does the intergalactic uh, medium. Why don't we move on to terrestrial plasmas? Uh, lightning. Uh, the magnetosphere uh, contains the plasma surrounding Earth's space environment, the ionosphere, the plasmasphere, 
the polar aurora, the polar wind, upper, upper atmospheric lightning, uh, sprites, and the St. Elmo's fire scooter. Yeah, and I won't make any jokes about that movie uh, or comments on it, but I did. it was on TV, like, I think not over the holidays. When I was in a hotel, maybe for, like, uh, the day before I went to PodCon, I was watching it on a hotel TV. Well, it, that's a movie, but there's uh, the, uh, the terrestrial plasma St. Elmo's Fire, something different, uh, but artificially produced plasma scooter. Uh, they involve those in plasma display TVs, uh, fluorescent lamps and neon signs, rocket exhaust and ion thrusters. If I was an intergalactic medium, the ion thruster could be my, my like sidekick. Mortimer, what do you think about changing your name to Ion Thruster? Uh, some other examples, Scooter, uh, the area in front of a spacecraft's heat shield during re-entry, uh, inside the corona discharge of an ozone generator, uh, fusion, fusion energy research, uh, the electrical arc and arc lamp, uh, an arc welder or plasma torch, a uh, plasma ball, which uh, is also called a plasma globe, or Scooter's good case, a Tesla ball. Uh, also, the arcs produced by Tesla coils. Uh, uh, plasma is used in uh, semiconductor devi device, device uh, fabrication. Uh, laser produced plasma is also known as LPP. Are you down with LPP, Mortimer? Uh, or uh, what was I going to call you? My ionosphere? If we, w if we, w I know you're in my brain, so we couldn't. Uh, my, you're my ion thruster. You could say they could be also your thing, ion thrust. Uh, like so, it could be your also in like uh, you could expand the galaxies. Uh, talking about matter. Uh, Scooters a couple more on the list. Uh, there's inductively coupled plasmas and magnetically induced plasmas and static electric sparks. Okay, so you don't want to be ion thruster. But you don't, isn't there one more, one or two more cool things we learned from Stephen? Yes, Stephen also talked about supercritical fluid scooter, uh, which is certain temperatures and pressures uh, given compounds at equilibrium between gas and liquid. We'll find that the density of the gas state and liquid state have become equal to each other. Uh, the liquid and the gas uh, will then stop at being separate things and mixed together creating a new substance with interesting new properties. Some are very useful. Supercritical CO2 will pass right through coffee beans and dissolve caffeine, creating decaf coffee and isolating caffeine crystals for soda. Oh, so that's probably how they take uh, make a jolt of the cola. Um, any other examples on Wikipedia? Uh, that's pretty good. That's a lot of, like, pretty good. Uh, Okay, Scooter, we're looking here. Uh, hydrothermal circulation, uh, which occurs in the Earth's crust, uh, wherever fluid becomes heated and begins to convect. Uh, these fluids are thought to reach supercritical conditions under a number of different settings. Uh, Mid-ocean ridges, uh, circulation is the most evidence uh, by the appearance of hydrothermal vents known as black smokers. Uh, which event fluids up to 400 degrees Celsius. 
there's planetary atmospheres. The atmosphere of Venus is 96.5% carbon dioxide and 3.5% nitrogen. I knew that because I'm a galaxy, galactic medium. Uh, the surface uh, pressure is at 9.3 MPa, it's 93 bar. And uh, the surface temperature is 735 degrees Kelvin, above the critical points of both major constituents, making the surface atmosphere supercritical fluid. Uh, Scooter, did you know that uh, some dry cleaning uses supercritical carbon dioxide? Uh, which uh, interscales, intercalates into buttons and uh, uh, can uh, help uh, improve, uh, help clean. Oh, is that like OxyClean? Or is that, oh, I guess we probably shouldn't, but I already said it. Uh, I like that in my um, dish soap. Uh, okay, Scooter. And it looks like uh, we have one more thing we needed to cover. But there's a lot more about these uh, supercritical that maybe your brain could absorb over the next 20 or 30 years. Yeah, I like this one, the Boyes-Einstein condensate. Uh, it was a new state of matter uh, discovered by quantum physici physicists. It has freaky properties that defy common sense. Uh, uh, for a long time, we didn't know any more than the first three, so what is taught at major elementary schools. Oh, this is uh, kind of like why they only taught you about the first thing. Well, let's like learn a little bit more about Boyes-Einstein condensates. It's a state of matter of a dilute gas in bosons, B-O-S-O-N-S, uh, cooled to temperatures very close to absolute zero. Under uh, such conditions, a large fraction of the bosons occupy the lowest quantum state, at which point microscopic quantum phenomena wave function interference become apparent. Uh, BEC is uh, formed by cooling gas of extremely low density. The scooter, they may, they may, this may be another experiment they could do on your brain. Uh, thanks, Mortimer. That, that sounds good. Does it involve me sticking my head into a matter uh, accelerator? Because that sounds a little cold. I don't, I'm not sure I'd be interested. Okay, scooter, uh, if you want to hold science back, that's fine. predicted generally in 1924-25 by Satendra Nath Boys and Albert Einstein. Uh, so it is only a theoretical state of matter. Uh, Satendra Nath Boys sent a paper to Einstein on the quantum physics of light uh, quanta, now called photons, in which he derived uh, Planck's quantum radiational radiation law without any reference to classical physics, and Einstein was impressed. And they went from there, and a lot of this article talks about the critical temperature, uh, different models, and it has a lot of, uh, you see a lot of formulas in there. So, and I guess if it's theoretical, then we wouldn't have any, uh, well, there's been some uh, experimental observations in the 1930s, from onward, even uh, more recently in 1995, uh, people are really looking hard and working hard into it. And if vortices can exist in BECs, uh, and they can be created by
by stirring the condensate with lasers or rotating the confining trap. Uh, and the vortices created will be a quantum vortex scooter. Is that what we could use in time travel, or uh, uh, is that just a uh, scooter? I think you better just stick to, maybe you should stick to three, three states of matter, and, and then just know that plasma is, uh, is um, maybe, maybe plasma uh, is the limits of your, well, it's good to know these other things. It is interesting. And it reminds me that, that what made this podcast is being curious, and I was curious to talk to you and to find out more of why matter matters, and I'm glad the listeners' curiosity drove them to reach out to me. Uh, but really learning um, the non-Newtonian fluids, really interesting, because that's actually what I assumed was the plasma, the scoop. Uh, and so I, knew, I now kind of know that, and uh, I do know, and I'll never forget that matter matters. It does, Scooter, and I want to make sure we thank, uh, once again, Amber, Jeannie, and Steven for reaching out uh, to support the show uh, and to help fill you in, and we'll always remember here uh, that matter matters. Uh, Thanks and good night.